everyone. This is Amanda Borchel Dan. And I'm Jessica Steinberg, your host for Times Will Tell, a weekly podcast from the Times of Israel. Hey, Amanda, welcome back. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for holding the fort down. Sure thing. I'm very happy to have you and Yishai, the latest edition, here on screen with us. Correct. Number seven in the house. So now that you're back to Times Will Tell, what do you have in store for us this week? So for a very soft landing, I decided to have a nice schmooze with Jordan Hoffman, our New York City-based film critic and culture reporter. I sent him on a bit of an odyssey to check out Chinese food and a movie, The Mitzvah, for Christmas. The classic Christmas Eve event. Absolutely. Well, we're really going to look forward to hearing you and Jordan schmooze and talk about everything Chinese food and movies that are in store for us. Let's hear it now. Hi, Jordan. Thank you so much for joining me. It's always my pleasure to see you and uh, happy end of the year and New Year's coming up. And it's a little bit uh, mishuga here in New York right now in late December 2021. But I'm happy to talk to you. You know, the other day, you know, I had a baby and the other day I was changing his diaper and I shook his rattle at him. Yeah. And you know what it reminded me of? It reminded you of me? It reminded me of sleigh bells. Can you hear that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I said, you know, who better to talk about Christmas with than a New York Jew? And so (laughs) I said, okay, Jordan Hoffman, live from New York, has to go out and explain to us how to fulfill the mitzvah of eating Chinese food and watching a movie on Christmas Eve. So here you are. Yeah. I mean, listen. 100%. I am a proud and loud Jew, whether I want to be or not, but I am an American. And Christmas Day is an American holiday. And you can't avoid it even if you want to, but you shouldn't. There's a lot that's great about Christmas, and it's very easy to separate any religious aspects to it. For me, Christmas is a holiday in a way that the 4th of July is a holiday, in a way that Halloween is a holiday. It's just, it's fun for me. You know, I like Santa Claus. He seems like a nice fella, right? Who doesn't like that guy? I like the decorations. I like the music. I like the cakes. And I like my tradition, which is a lot of Jews' tradition, Chinese food and a movie on Christmas. It's our birthright here in the United States of America. That's right. And I'm so glad you were willing to put yourself on the line and to go out in this COVID era right? and be the guinea pig, the kosher guinea pig, as it were, and go out and try some kosher Chinese food, which perhaps you don't usually eat, actually, in terms of Chinese food. For me personally, no. I hope I you know, do not offend any listeners. Um, I do not keep kosher as a regular rule, but I did figure that, you know, there's a lot of options for kosher food in New York City and a lot of options for kosher Chinese food specifically. So I looked around and, you know, anybody who's been to New York knows that there are these restaurants, some kosher restaurants that have very vast menus. You can get almost anything and Chinese is always included. Chinese and sushi are sometimes bundled together, sometimes Chinese sushi and Thai food, you know. Um, But I figured for this event, it should be Chinese only. And believe it or not, in Manhattan, there aren't too many places that only do Chinese as kosher, and that's it. There are a few. Um, but then I figured if you're going to do this, you got to go all the way. You got to go down to Chinatown, right? You got to go to their turf, and they're having their holiday too. And Chinatown is beautiful in the wintertime, a little snow, all the lights. 
Um, they got their own hustle bustle going on. You know, you're walking down the street. Somebody tries to sell you a fish. Somebody else tries to sell you, you know, a Gucci handbag for only $29.99. Sure, why not? Um, that's Chinatown. So there are two exclusively kosher vegan slash vegetarian uh, restaurants very close to one another in the heart of Chinatown, which is a confusing area anyhow because the streets are all windy. And what's even better is that the names are very similar, but they are proudly and defiantly separate. And in fact, one of the websites of the two restaurants basically says, we have nothing to do with that other guy. You know, it's classic. It's almost like visiting the Middle East. You know, it's a schism right there. And uh, I went to both of them and each of them has their pros and their cons. Okay, now before you talk about the actual food, for somebody living in Israel, everything I read about in the New York Times in terms of what's going on in New York sounds extremely dire and scary. So first of all, thank you for being brave and being our soldier out there on the front line of the Chinese food uh, war on, on taste. <laughs> But what is the atmosphere actually in New York right now? Yeah, well, that's a really good, it's, I'm glad you asked. And it's funny you mentioned reading the New York Times because you live in Israel. So let me ask you, is everything you read in the New York Times about Israel accurate? Obviously not. So why would you think everything in the New York Times about New York is accurate just because they're here? Uh, no, they're, they're, it's, it's a weird time. And frankly, today, just before we got on this call, I, in my own personal life, have been on some phone calls. We're trying to figure out scheduling. I'm hosting an event soon that is up in arms. Everything is nuts. But what I do want to express is that you know some representation of New York right now is people are running around like the sky is falling. That does not accurately represent my world and the, the world outside my window as of today. And we could put a stamp on this. Right now, it's Monday the 20th, midday. That may change by Wednesday the 22nd. But as of Monday the 20th, it's kind of business as usual, with the exception of more people are getting tested because everybody's scared. A lot of people in New York are vaccinated and have their boosters. And a lot of people are still catching this Omicron. And with the exception of one, I know a lot of people that got Omicron in the last two weeks, 10 days, only one of them got sick. None of them went to the hospital. One woman, a very good friend of mine, was like, oh, crap, I got to lay down and was out for like two or three days, had a fever the whole the whole typical thing. She's fine now. Other people, I know many people, they got Omicron. Oh my God, terrifying. And then the next day they're like, oh, okay. Oh, I took some aspirin and oh, not my best day, but oh, I'm going to take it easy today. And that's it. I don't, I'm not Mr. Cavalier when it comes to COVID. No, you, you had COVID. Yeah, I had COVID. It's awful. I had COVID before the vaccine and I do not recommend it. I give that a bad review, Amanda. Two thumbs down. Two thumbs down. You know, I, I think this is different. You know, it's different because if you're vaccinated, and, and especially if you have a booster, it's much more mild. People are not going to the hospitals in droves if they're vaccinated. And, and there are also there are treatments now that we didn't have in March, April of last year. That being said, people who are not vaccinated and that are catching this, my well of sympathy is beginning to run dry at this point. I, as an angry New Yorker with an opinion, happy to share it with any listeners. I, you know, if you're not vaccinated yet, unless you're one of these very few people which do exist that cannot take the vaccine for any sort of weird medical reason that's you know maybe a handful of people the other 99% of the people that haven't taken it because they just don't want to I, I, I got I got nothing no wonton soup for you yeah no wonton we're getting into 2022 now I got to cut you off eventually if you don't get your vaccine and you get sick I, I don't know what you want from me anymore I'm not not inviting you to the Chinese restaurant now speaking of wonton soup yes. back to our topic at hand 
The no wonton soup at the kosher place. I hate to say it. Oh, really? No wonton soup at all? Not at the two that I sampled. Hot and sour soup is, is what they've got. And actually, it's pretty damn good. Okay, so tell us about it. You went inside to eat inside the restaurant. Yes, I went into, and we can give the names here, right? We can give it a shout out. Sure, definitely. The one is called the um, Bodhi, B-O-D-H-I, and that one is on Mulberry Street. And that one, I think the food was a little bit better. The one on Mott Street called Buddha Bodai, a little different, was cleaner, friendlier, more organized, food not as good. Classic. You can't win. But as a general, if you're if you're looking to go for kosher Chinese on December 25th and you want to go down to Chinatown to soak up the ambiance around you in Chinatown, uh, and you want to go to one of these two places, both of them have what's called the dim sum option. Our Spanish friends would call this tapas. Our Greek friends and Arabic friends, mez plates. Little little dishes, you know? And in some of the Chinese palaces, they, they come around with a cart on wheels and you just point to a bowl. It's, I want that steaming bowl of that, whatever it is. In these smaller restaurants, you, you fill out little cards and hand it in. And you can get dumplings and you can get soup and you can get mock Chinese uh, General Tso's chicken, which I did not try. You know, it's a good time. It, it's a good time. And then you can walk around Chinatown. There's some old, beautiful buildings and some stores that'll probably be open. Uh, if you're on Mulberry Street, street uh you'll go by the tenren tea shop which is my favorite tea shop on planet earth they have these teas imported they have one they kind of have their house brew which is called the king's tea and the king's tea which comes from taiwan is an a blend of oolong and ginseng which is absolutely delicious and if you buy a little little box of it for 20 bucks it's so powerful that it'll last you all year because you only put a tiny bit in a, a whole teapot and it's just uh you know it'll, it'll it'll knock you out so that stuff is terrific so anyone who's still looking for a present for christmas you just got a recommendation right there the king's tea is is where it's at and you know other little knickknack stores you know it's it, it's great what i love about chinatown is that it is still the way it was if you haven't been to new york city in 25 years it's still chinatown you know a lot of people come back and they have oh i haven't seen this neighborhood i haven't been in the east village in a long time i used to go to the clubs i used to listen to music and now you go there and it's uh, starbucks you know uh go back to chinatown it's still the real deal it's uh we who are not chinese and chinese american are visitors on their turf and you go there with respect and they treat you with respect back and that's the way it works so it's fun there's also a wonderful park called columbus park and columbus park columbus park is hilarious because it's on the perimeter of Chinatown and on the other side of Columbus Park is where all the courthouses are. So if you go there during the week, not on Christmas, obviously, but if you go there during the week, during business hours, it's going to be 50% all the old timers from Chinatown hanging out, playing Go, uh, which is like backgammon, but Chinese, uh, doing Chai Chi, playing music. Uh, and then it's going to be people waiting to get called in to go plead their case before the judge. And also people in wedding gowns about to get married. It's a weird snapshot of New York. And I, I love Columbus Park. It's it's a lot of fun. And it's like a casino. The old timers playing Go and, and cards card games that I can't recognize. Like, I don't, that's, that's not poker. I don't know what they're doing. It's great. And again, you're there as a, as a visitor. And, and, you know, it's just terrific. Shalom, dear listeners. This is Daniil Hartman. And I'm Yossi Klein Halevi. Together we host the podcast For Heaven's Sake from the Shalom Hartman Institute. These have been some of the most challenging days for me personally, for Israel, and for the Jewish people. 
And one of the ways in which I've gotten through this is that I found solace and meaning through discussions with my dear friend and study partner, Daniil Hartman. And I hope that the Times of Israel listeners will join us as we continue to tackle the pressing questions facing the Jewish people here at For Heaven's Sake, which has become the number one Judaism podcast. Well, Daniil, I'd also like to recommend the Identity Crisis podcast hosted by our colleague and friend Yehuda Kurtzer. It's a series of fantastic conversations with leading figures in Jewish life, thought, and culture. You know, for decades, the Hartman Institute has been a preeminent destination for Jewish ideas and learning. Now you can access Hartman Ideas on these chart-topping podcasts at shalomhartman.org forward slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are privileged to help guide you through these challenging and even unsettling times. Okay, now the second part of the mitzvah is, of course, the movie. Yeah. I haven't been to a movie for years. Jordan, you know, I didn't go out very often, even prior to the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Things are weird in New York City right now. Theoretically, the theaters are supposed to check your vaccination card before you go in. And many places are. Can I give them a 100% A plus? No, but most places are doing it legit and they should check. I mean, it's that's that's part of it. And they ask you to put your mask on while you're inside, but then they also say eat popcorn. So, you know, it sort of defeats the purpose. But, you know, personally, I feel like if they're checking for vaccination and I wear the mask, you know, 80% of the time and not when I'm shoving Swedish fish in my mouth, then it's, you know, you're doing the best you can. There are a lot of great movies out right now and Christmas time is a great time to go um, because, you know, you'll be there with a lot of other Jews probably. So if you go on the Upper West Side or you go in certain parts of Brooklyn or whatever, or Forest Hills and Queens. So, uh, you know, West Side Story is still out in theaters. This movie is fantastic and it's fun for the whole family. Kids will be engaged. Don't don't underestimate the kids. They're going to like this movie because the camera zips around. It's funny. The colors are beautiful. The, the lead actress is, is gorgeous. The leading man is a handsome man. And the songs are great. The movie, I mean, I don't judge things by how they do financially because that's not a very artistic way to go about life. But the movie is an unmitigated bomb. The movie's doing terribly for all sorts of reasons. The marketing, um, there's some Hollywood drama. It's it's technically, it's, it's owned by Disney, but it's actually the studio Fox that they bought. You know, there's all kinds of inside baseball stuff. And just because the general demographic of people interested in a movie like West Side Story are not the kids, you know, that go to see Spider-Man, you know, and right now, the only movies that are making money at the box office are superhero movies like Spider-Man, horror movies that are inexpensive for teens that want to go make out, you know, and those movies are cheap, so they don't have to make a lot of money, and um, animated kids films, because even in a pandemic, you got to get the kids out of the house and put them in, in front of something or you're all going to go nuts. So anything other than that is doing terribly. So unfortunately... West Side Story is one of those movies that's doing terribly, but it's so, so, so good and very Jewish, obviously. The original is, and I've written about this for Times of Israel, um, is, is of course, Leonard Bernstein and Stephen Sondheim and Jerome Robbins and Arthur Lawrence, who are all Jews. The new version is Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner uh, that readapted the screenplay or updated the screenplay, and it's great. 
Now, as you said, um, teens are going out to see the Marvel movies, and I can't really fault them because if you're going to lay out cash and in a way put your life on the line and go out in this uh, disease-ridden environment, you want to see something that is actually a spectacle. So my son actually went to Spider-Man, and he said it was fantastic. What's happening? They're starting to come through, and I can't stop them. Now, was this the first time he'd been to a movie in a long time? Yes, years. Wow. Okay, well, the new Spider-Man is... Yes, I totally get it. And also, you kind of know what you're going to get when you go see Spider-Man because there's been eight of these movies already. <laughs> um, and the new ones are good. That you know, the, This is the end of a recent trilogy uh, with the kid Tom Holland is the main guy. And the new one's great. And Peter Parker, despite the very goyish last name, is Jewish, as has been established. If you Google, is Spider-Man Jewish? I believe on the front page of Google is my article from Times of Israel. I mean, it has been established that Peter Parker is Jewish. You established it. It has been established. (laughs) Yes, I planted my... That was my doing. Uh, So it's a great, fun movie. You know, it's dumb because it's about a kid who gets bitten by a radioactive (laughs) spider so it's dumb but it's great um and and not all superhero movies are created equally some are pretty stupid and and not engaging and get boring this one is not boring um it's a lot of fun you don't really need to know much about the lore you just know spider-man's good and whoever he's fighting is bad you know and there's some neat little twists and turns if you do know spider-man a lot you're gonna love it because there's a lot of jokes for people who have read the comics over the years and seen all the other movies. Um, I think it's a it's a great film, and um, I don't want to give too much away, but there are a couple of Jewish actors tucked away in this movie also that have some very clutch scenes. So it's, uh, it's a very good one. I recommend that. And that movie is making a gazillion dollars. It's, uh, but Believe it or not, today, like I said, we're recording on Monday. They just announced um, for an opening weekend at the U.S., it is now the second place box office winner of all time forget pandemic of all time it is the silver medalist of any movie ever um for opening weekend box office in the united states and then you add the global um like your son in israel threw his shekels in so that adds to it and it's doing tremendous but it is not opening in china believe it or not interesting which is a huge market for movies but there is some mishigas going on with u.s studios and china that is eventually going to become a problem because China is being very restrictive of what they allow in. And there's so much money to be made in China that unfortunately, some fear that the studios might bend their stories in ways that maybe they wouldn't otherwise to appeal, not so much the Chinese audience member, but the Chinese censors, you know? Interesting. That sounds like a whole nother Megillah, a whole nother episode. That's a story. I'm glad we slipped it in though. I'm glad we slipped They love Spider-Man in India. Okay, good to know. Now, Jordan, (laughs) in terms of lore, there's another movie that's coming out this week, which is much, much anticipated, The Matrix 4. Uh, Yeah, the fourth Matrix. I've seen it. I've seen it. And if you get HBO Max or if you VPN over here to the US to a cousin that has HBO Max, you can watch it for free because it's coming out simultaneously on HBO Max and in the theaters. The new Matrix is pretty good if you remember how terrible the third Matrix was. My recommendation to you is to watch the original trilogy again. First one's Dynamite. 
that's a piece of gold right there. The first Matrix movie is is just beautiful. Second one, a eh, little ridiculous, hard to quite understand it, but the action scenes are fun and everybody looks nice. The third one is an and the dance numbers. Oh my God! Yeah, in Zion, of course. You know they're all Zionists in that movie. Also, I've been making that <laughs> joke to a lot of my leftist friends who love the Matrix. I'm calling them Zionists. They love it. Let me tell you. So, um. The second Matrix is decent. The third one is an unmitigated disaster. It's so bad and so much worse than you remember. I can't even remember anything about it, actually. It's so boring. It's just talking and and none of it makes sense. And there are no humans in it. They're all computer programs talking to each other. And then these machine squids are fighting machine tarantulas. The fourth one is a lot of fun. So it comes off looking, smelling like a rose compared to the third one. So that'll be in theaters on Christmas Day and at home. Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss back together. They're flying through the air. They're zooming on motorcycles. They're wearing cool jackets and sunglasses. Some new members in the cast as well. Um, it, the movie actually does make sense, but there will be parts during this movie when you're like, what What are they talking about? But it's funny. It has a sense of humor, which the third one did not. This has some self-aware sense of humor that they know this is a ridiculous movie. So it's pretty good. Now, speaking of a movie in which you said to yourself, what is happening here? There's Dune, of course. Go, go, go! Yeah. Dune is yeah still in the theater, also on HBO Max. Dune is a great book and is a great series of books. I, this year, committed, because uh, I'd never read them, because this movie was coming out, I chomped into the Dune mythos and I read the first five novels, which is like, I don't know, 7,000 pages of this lumbering, turgid prose of weird fantasy science fiction. The The movie's, for me, a little dull. It's, it looks cool. Like, if you see images in a trailer or on the internet, you go, like, ooh, what, you know... Everybody looks handsome and, ooh, look at that spaceship looks cool. When it comes together, it's just it's just kind of sleepy. And if you haven't read the book or haven't seen the other movie from the 80s, so you kind of know what's going on. It's just like, it just may put you to sleep. That's my opinion. Some people love it. I have to admit, my brother-in-law and his family went and they left in the middle. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You are not alone. But what's interesting is that Dune, and this is not my brilliant insight. This is uh, just, just sort of a known fact. Uh, does sort of have its roots in um, Middle Eastern history. The character of uh, Paul Atreides, the young lad uh, played by Timothée Chalamet in the film, uh, is sort of based on a Lawrence of Arabia story, and the desert planet of Arrakis is clearly uh, the, 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 the Levant, as, as they would say in old days. And um, in fact, if you watch the movie Lawrence of Arabia, there is a shot in that movie that's exactly like a shot in Dune. Same story point, same angle, same location in, in Wadi Rum in Jordan. So, uh, you know, that's pretty cool for history buffs uh, of the of the region. Who knew? Now, for New Yorkers, there's also another tradition of watching It's a Wonderful Life. And I understand that there is this possibility of watching it in a theater kind of setting. Well, who are you? I told you, George, I'm your guardian angel. 
Yeah, I'm assuming that all systems are go. We're five days out, as and as long as the governor doesn't shut everything down. Um, the IFC Center, which is downtown in Greenwich Village, steps away from Washington Square Park. Uh, the IFC Center used to be known as the Waverly Theater, to any old-timers listening. Um, they're showing It's a Wonderful Life all week. And, um, you know, this is the most... If you're going to... Like, I feel like, as a Jew on Christmas, sometimes it's fun to, like, be a tourist into the goyish lifestyle you know in, in a in a in a nice way you know i you know not in a disrespectful way but see what see what the neighbors are up to and you know you could that could manifest itself in multiple ways you could go to church hey let's not get crazy or you could watch an extreme goyish movie like it's a wonderful life frank capra jimmy stewart donna reed uh zuzu's pedals the angel I'm assuming people listening are familiar with this old film it's a it's a corny movie from 1947 that actually, when it came out, was a flop. But um, and because it was a flop, it, the rights to show it on television were sold rather cheaply. So every station had the rights to show it. And because it's Christmas theme, they showed it on Christmas every year. And over the decades, it became a Christmas classic. So isn't that funny? Um, and so, it's a wonderful life is part of the American tradition. Um, the amount of times I've actually watched it from beginning to end, probably once, but I've seen bits and pieces a lot over the years. And to see it in the theater would probably be fun. Sneak in a little eggnog and have a good time. Sounds like a wonderful time for Christmas. So thank you, Jordan, for all of your recommendations. I'm here for you. And, uh, you know, thanks uh, to you. Have a great year. Thanks to the listeners and the readers of Times of Israel who keep this all going. And we'll be back again next year with more. I'll be here with reporting on what's happening in the New York area. And um, it'll be great. Yeah. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Times Will Tell from the Times of Israel. And thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein. Please subscribe wherever you find your podcasts and check out our daily briefing news show every Sunday through Thursday. Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. Until next week. Shalom. Shalom.